Damn, he wasn't even shivering. Aye, they had stripped the nobleman, yet under all the layers of refinement stood the proud warlord, looking as primitive and as fearless as the whispered tales boasted. Before their eyes, the wolf had been revealed. The jeering had ceased. Only the sound of the wind howling through the courtyard could be heard now. The leader turned his attention to his men, huddled together a short distance away. Every one of them was staring at the ground. He knew they avoided looking at their captive. He couldn't fault them for this show of cowardice, as he too found it a difficult task to look directly into the warrior's eyes. Baron Duncan of Wexton Land was at least a head taller than the largest of the soldiers guarding him. He was just as massive in proportions, with thick, muscular shoulders and thighs, and with his long, powerful legs braced apart, his stance suggested he was capable of killing them all, if he became so inclined. Darkness was descending, and with it came a curtain of light snow. The soldiers began to complain about the weather in earnest then. Ain't no need for us to freeze to death right along with him, one muttered. He won't die for hours yet, another complained. Baron Loudon's gone over an hour now. He'll not know if we stayed outside or not. The agreement by the others with vigorous nods and grunts swayed their leader. The cold was beginning to irritate him too. His unease had grown as well, for he'd been convinced that Baron Wexton wasn't any different from other men. He was sure he would have broken down and screamed in torment by now. The arrogance of the man infuriated him. By God, he looked bored with them all. The leader was forced to admit that he'd underestimated his opponent. It wasn't an easy admission, and one that sent him into a rage. His own feet, protected from the harsh weather by his thick boots, were nevertheless stinging in agony now. Yet Baron Duncan stood barefoot and hadn't moved or shifted balance once since being restrained. Perhaps there was truth in the tales after all. The leader cursed his superstitious nature and gave the order to retreat inside. When the last of his men had departed, Loudon's vassal checked that the rope was secure and then came to stand directly in front of his captive. They say you're as cunning as a wolf, but you're just a man and you'll soon die like one. Loudon don't want fresh knife cuts in you. Come morning, we'll drag your body miles away from here. No one will be able to prove that Loudon was behind the deed. The leader sneered the words, furious that his captive wouldn't even look down at him, and then added, If I had my way, I'd cut out your heart and be done with it. He gathered spittle in his mouth to hurl into the warrior's face, hoping this new insult would gain a reaction. And then the captive slowly lowered his gaze. His eyes met those of his enemy. What the leader saw there caused him to swallow loudly. He turned away in fright. He made the sign of the cross, a puny effort to warn off the dark promise he'd read in the warrior's grey eyes, muttering to himself that he was only doing the bidding of his overlord, and then he ran toward the safety of the castle. From the shadows against the wall, Madeleine watched. She waited several more minutes to be certain that none of her brother's soldiers were going to return, using the time well to pray for courage to see her plan carried through. She risked everything. In her heart she knew there was no other choice. She was the only one who could save him now. 
Madeleine accepted the responsibilities and the consequences, knowing full well that if her deed was discovered, it would surely mean her own death. Her hands trembled, but her steps were quick. The sooner the deed was done, the better for her peace of mind. There'd be plenty of time to worry over her actions once the foolish captive had been released. A long black cape covered her from head to foot, and the baron didn't notice her until she was standing directly before him. A fierce gust of wind pulled the hood from her head, and a mane of auburn hair fell well past shoulders of a slender frame. She brushed a strand away from her face and looked up at the captive. For a moment he thought his mind played tricks on him. Duncan actually shook his head in denial, and then her voice reached him, and he knew what he was seeing wasn't a figment of his imagination. I'll have you undone in just a moment or two. Pray don't make a sound until we're...